0: Hey, what is up, Sermon Podcast listeners? This is Pastor Adam back with you again. Wanted to give you an update on all the new things that are happening here at VBPH Sermon Podcast. Want to begin by saying how much we appreciate you, the listener, for allowing us to make these changes so that we can be a blessing to world evangelism. If you hadn't heard, in the last week we had... uh, Begun to put out some uh, advertisements on the podcast. The reason being is that that is a very easy and simple way for us to generate some funds uh, just by you playing this podcast. And if you didn't hear that, uh, the reason for that is because we are going to use everything that this podcast produces is going directly to the cause of world evangelism. And so uh, we want to see how much of a blessing we can be to nations and missionaries around the world just by you listening to a few um, advertisements during the sermons. Uh, That will immensely help us to be able to raise some funds. And just to give you a heads up of what is possible, in the last week, just by you listening, we were able to generate $20, close to $20, uh, just by adding those simple advertisements uh, to our sermon podcast feed. So that is the reason for that. And we also want to just update you with this major change. So we now have in place the ability for you to become a premium subscriber. All of the links are going to be in the show notes if you are interested in this. So what this is, we are producing now a version of the podcast that has zero ads. It has zero extraneous content like intros or outros. It is simply a daily podcast that is going to show up in your feed. And uh, so you can get directly to the sermons that you love so very much. We want to give you two options. For this premium podcast, we promised that we were going to provide a $3 a month version of this premium podcast, and that is now live and ready for you to subscribe to. The link that you're going to use is vbph-sermons.supercast.tech. Now, I know all of you are uh, waiting on bated breath with pens and pencils and paper in hand, uh, but the easier way, of course, is just look at our show notes. You'll find that link right at the top, vbph-sermons.supercast.tech. When you go to that website, you're going to have a very easy way to put in your credit card information. It's a seven-day free trial. You're going to get to hear what subscribers hear on a daily basis. And for three bucks a month, you can have seven sermons per week directly delivered into your Podcast feed, and uh, no no ads, no fluff, just the sermons that you love for three bucks a month. We also do have some options on there if you want to prepay for a year, uh, save a little bit of money. uh, That also will help us. Then uh, the other big option that I'm very excited about is for Apple Podcasts. So as you may or may not know, if you are an Apple device user, if you are on an iPhone, iPad, or on a Mac listening to your podcasts, Apple has just updated their podcast app with the ability for podcast producers like us to provide subscriptions uh, to our listeners. So I am very pleased to let you know that we are now live up and running with a subscription-based model Within Apple Podcasts, we know that about three-quarters of you are listening to this right now on an iPhone, and most of you are listening through the podcast app, the, the native Apple Podcasts app. So uh, what that means is it is especially simple for you to become a subscriber. Um, the only downside to that is that we uh, our, our goal was to raise $3 a month per subscriber, uh, but unfortunately, Apple takes a big chunk out of, uh, out of that subscription. So uh, they, for every dollar that you pay as a subscriber, Apple is taking 30 cents. So that is a 30% cut just for providing the platform. So because of that, what we did was we, uh, we upped the monthly subscription cost, specifically on the Apple Podcast app, to $4.99 per month. There's also a yearly option. And so that way we are still generating that $3 a month, at least, that we had set out to do in the first place. So if you want to give Apple the extra money and you just uh, the convenience of having it there uh, in the Apple Podcast app, it's so simple. Your payment information is already there and ready to go. So for a convenience factor, it's amazing. But it is a couple extra bucks per month. And so we just wanted to explain that to you and let you know that that is available. So we hope that that is a blessing to you. The other thing we wanted to announce is our current goal that I think is very feasible and I think would be a huge blessing Our goal is to begin producing $100 a month toward the cause of world evangelism. And the good news is that in the short time we've had these subscriptions up, we are already raising $10 a month, and we think that we can very easily get to $100 a month uh, toward world evangelism. Wouldn't that be amazing that just through your subscriptions and through your listenership that we can, can begin raising money that will be a blessing to uh, the nations, to missionaries, to our mother church, and to the cause of world evangelism. Uh, Would you join us in that? We would be so grateful. And hey, if you don't want to pay and you want to get the three sermons a week, man, that is awesome too. We are so glad to have you as our listener. No matter what level of support you are providing, we love you, we thank you, we appreciate you for being a listener of this Sermon Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. We hope you're getting inspired. We hope that God is speaking to you through these messages. And we are very excited to continue to provide this platform of sermons for you for the next coming weeks, months, and years to come. God bless you guys. We're praying for you. We appreciate you so much. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, Get ready to hear from God through this message.
1: If you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 3 uh, is where we're going to be looking uh, this evening. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to read verses 3 through 7 uh, this evening. And uh, two things kind of sparked this uh, this sermon. One uh, was I was asked if I ever preached on this. And I was like, no, never never preached on it before, Uh, never really touched on it like that, and then, you know, I kind of held that in the back of my mind, like, well, maybe I should look into it, you know, but then I came across an article that I want to read to you this evening um, called Snapchat Dysphoria. Snapchat, and so for all us old folks, Snapchat is an app, Just right. Some of us don't know. Right. We are like what is Snapchat? Right. Snapchat is an app. And that's all I can really give you. I, you you take pictures, I believe, and you do different things. And, and it's kind of like Facebook, but it's not, um, you know, you do all these different things in there. All right. So Snapchat dysphoria is causing teenagers. Now, this is an article now. I'm not I'm not giving you my opinion here. This is an article I'm reading to you. It's causing teenagers to get cosmetic surgery to help them look like the flawless and filtered versions of themselves. So you know that you can do these filters. You can take pictures with different filters and make your skin all smooth and and different things. And so what this article is saying is that 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 is causing these teenagers and young people to start getting surgery, to start looking like the filters. Snapchat is known for its fun filters. The release of Snapchat's new gender swap and baby filters brought amusement to loads of people and inspired countless means. But now there's a worrying Snapchat trend that has emerged from its filters. A study done by JAMA uh, Facial Plastic Surgery by researchers from Boston University School of Medicine Department of dermatology has found that Snapchat is contributing to the rise of surgical procedures among young people who are desperate to look like the filtered versions of themselves that they see on the app. These people are actively seeking for perfection in real life by getting treatments that straighten their noses, contour their cheekbones, and make them look slimmer. The article goes on to say that Uh, Dr. Neelam Vashi told the Washington Post, the cause of Snapchat dysmorphia is the accessibility of the app. Most young people on Snapchat and the ability to change your appearance almost instantly has become a particularly enticing feature. You know, when we read this article, our hearts should drop. The fact that men and women are willing to transform themselves based upon an app based upon what others say, speaks not only to a problem in dealing with media, with a whole that's a whole nother sermon, but it speaks to an even bigger problem, which is insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I want to talk to you and unveil with you about is the issue of insecurity. So let's read our text, Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 3 and read through 8. The Bible says this, for we... uh, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Verse 5 circumcised by, uh, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning seal, zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things Loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Tonight, I want to talk to you the truth about insecurity tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. I give you the Praise and the glory that you deserve. And I'm just asking you, God, tonight to to open hearts. Let your word go forth, Lord God, and let it be a seed planted in the hearts of men and women here tonight. And I pray, God, for breakthrough. And I pray men and women would leave here changed and set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God, I thank you for what you're going to do here. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen and amen. The truth about insecurity tonight. Let's start with the origins. So the question must be asked, how do people become insecure? Uh, but not only just people, but especially believers. How do believers become insecure? Where does it start from? And I think Paul begins to give us some insight here in verse 3. For we are uh, we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit, rejoice in Christ, in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh in our text we have the words here no confidence in the flesh and rejoice in Christ Paul is making a point here to the people of Philippi the word confidence here means to rely on or to be assured of to have an inward assurance so what Paul is saying is don't let your talents your know-hows your qualifications your degrees and we can go on and on begin to give you assurance that you're worth something don't depend on these things amen to bring affirmation to your soul paul is telling the church don't put your faith in the carnal things of life and what i have seen amen with insecure people is that this is exactly what they do they put their uh, their they put everything into what they can see what other people are saying into the fleshly things of life and it causes an insecurity Insecurity is simply depending on the shakiness of the world and trying to build a strong foundation. Whatever the world says, that's what I'm going to become. Whatever the world says, that's what I'm going to do. Whatever whatever everybody else is doing, this is what I'm going to be. In other words, it's the act of trying to find identity through what makes me look good in the eyes of others. Our article shows us a generation Willing to change themselves because of insecurity. See, you will always be insecure when you look to man rather than God. When your confidence is always in the flesh, when your confidence only relies on men, on the likes. I mean, it is amazing to me with these, you know, I, I, you know, we watch YouTube and I, I'm starting to get tired of hearing hit the like button. Hit the like button, hit the like button, hit the like button. Y'all like this, hit the like button. Nobody likes me, hit the like button. There's 2,000 people in here, hit the like button. But this is what we say spiritually, if you will. Hit the like button and I'll do this, hit the like button and I'll do that. If I do this, hit the like button. See, Paul says in verse 3, we are of the circumcision who worship God, rejoice in Christ. The other part or the other reason or another reason why believers can become insecure is because they no longer find Christ to be enough. They no longer identify solely in Christ Jesus. Amen. His word is no longer enough. Amen. So we have to look for more. There has to be more than just praying. There has to be more than just coming to church. So they look for the things in the flesh that will bring this supposed more. See, Paul says we are of, meaning that Christ is our identity. Can you say amen? Not what the world thinks, not what people are saying. It is Christ who gives us our identity, not how we dress, not how we look. See, we are to properly identify in Christ, and it is there that we have security. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. The Bible tells us this. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, and I was naked, and I hid myself. The question, amen, where are you, wasn't meant as a where is your physical location. How many know God knows everything? But what it was, amen, it was a spiritual question because when God would look at Adam, he would see himself. He would see a reflection, amen, if you will. And when Adam went after the flesh, God no longer could identify with him because he was no longer holy. And now he's asking, where are you? Where is my reflection? Where is the person I could identify with? Something has changed about you, Adam, because he went after the flesh. So Adam lost his identity. Can you say amen? Hence he hides and tries to find his own coverings, and now he's relying on his flesh and his earthly thinking in order to cover himself, in order to do everything. See, insecurities come from a lost spiritual ID. When you no longer have the proper spiritual ID, you will become insecure. You will start trying to do everything yourself. You will start trying to do everything through fleshly gain and through fleshly means because you're trying to find who you are. Isn't isn't that the question of the day? Who am I? Who are you? Find who you are. What are you supposed to be? Find it. Who are you? How many times have we heard people say, I'm trying to find myself? In other words, what they're saying is, I'm looking for ID. I'm looking for ID. ID. And can I throw in a disclaimer? This ain't only women. Because I can feel some of you. Yeah, them women, you know, they always, you know, they're always insecure, you know. You know. Me on the other hand, I'm, no, you, you looking for ID too, sir. Oh, it's possible. That's why we'll give ourselves to certain things because we're trying to find ID. We'll give ourselves to sports because I'm trying, I'm trying to, <laughs> this is my ID, I'm good. Look, look, how, look how I can dunk the basketball. You ever notice that sports people are most, some of the most shallowest people you meet? Some of the most weakest mentally, some of the most weakest emotionally. I remember I was reading an article about Kevin Durant. I don't like Kevin Durant, man. I, it is what it is. If, he's ever, if he ever catches I don't care. I don't like it. I, but he made a Twitter account that was, un, that was under, they call it a burner account. And so what this burner account is that he made another account so nobody would know it was him. And he's talking about people, and, he, and people talking about him, and he's using the burner account to get back at them. i mean, like, what you got to do that for? You're Kevin Durant. Just say it, bro. What? But I don't want nobody to know who I am. I don't want to deal with things, so I'm going to do it in a different manner. See, this is what insecurity does. It causes people, amen, to do things, amen, because they have no idea, they have no foundation of who they are. So we try to rely on the flesh. Now we want to go to school for 30 years. because I'm trying to find an ID. My degree will show you I'm somebody. What I'm doing now, my job amen, we'll spend 90 hours a week, Why? Because my job gives me ID. And what we are doing is we are putting confidence in the flesh. The very thing that Paul said, don't do. Don't put confidence there. Don't put assurance in those things because they don't bring assurance. You know what? I'll let this woman identify me. I'll show you you who I am by how many women I can get. I'll show you who I am by how many men I can bring over. All signs of insecurity and lost ID. Let's talk secondly about the effects. So when we look at this subject, and and let me say this, we can move into all types of effects. I don't have the time tonight to go into all the effects. I'm just going to hit on some, and we're going to move forward. So we have to look at it as, what are the effects? Well, number one, there's suffering and bondage there. It will always be a struggle of trying to keep up with others. A bondage, amen, amen is seeking after man's affirmation. It's a constant searching, but yet never finding. Our article speaks to this, the torment of insecurity, the constant of trying to change themselves to fit a certain mold, but yet can't fit it. At the heart of this, though, at the heart, amen, one major effect is that you will have a dissatisfaction with God. Lord, you are not enough, and I am not happy the way you made me. I am not happy with what you're doing. I am not happy the way I am. I don't like this personality. And we will say, God, I am not satisfied with you. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Let me give you kind of a a picture here. Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 through 6. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna. That don't sound funny to y'all? There is nothing here but the bread of heaven before our eyes. Think with me here. They are getting manna from heaven, but yet it's not enough for them. That's not enough. The bread from heaven is not enough for me. I need more. I need more than just your word, God. I need more than just church, God. I need the leeks and onions of the world. Egypt, amen, made us feel full, but yet how many know they were in bondage the whole time? They were treated harshly the whole time, yet they were enslaved the whole time. And this is what insecurity does. It makes you become dissatisfied with Jesus. It makes you crave and want what you had in bondage. Think about that. I want the leeks and onions when I was in bondage. I want the fish because it made me feel a certain way. But this bread from heaven is dry. My soul is dry, but it's the best thing for them. See, these are the effects of insecurity. When you have the best thing for you in front of you, you want the leeks and onions. Because God is not enough. I need more than just this God. I know some of you right now hate when pastors say pray. I need more than that. Come on, brother, let's fast. I need more than that. That, that. That's not enough for me. See, we will fall into this bondage through insecurity. How I many know oh, we have seen this over and over again? People falling into the bondage of trying to get attention from the opposite sex. The constant looking for people to recognize you so that you make them, so that you can feel like you have value. I have talked to people over and over again and they run into the arms of the opposite sex and even the same sex. And what they are searching for is value. I want to feel like I am someone. I want to feel like I am worth it. I want to feel like, you know what, somebody loves me. But how many know God loves us? Somebody shout amen. How many know God, amen, has already shown his love by dying on that cross? God has already shown what he feels about his people but it's not enough. I need more. I need more compliments. I need more. It's not enough. Listen to Paul's credentials. Verse 5 of our text. Circumcised the eighth day. On the stock of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. All these things, he's listening. like, look, I, if anybody can boast in, in their flesh, it was me. Look at what I was. I was the top Pharisee. I was doing everything the law told me to do. Paul lists his credentials, but in verse 7, he says, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. He lists his credentials, things that would have made him prestigious, but yet in the lens of Christ, he's like, it's worthless. It means nothing. I may have gained in the flesh, but I was in bondage in spirit. See, Paul's thinking was changed when he compared it to Christ. There was a shift, amen, when Christ impacted his heart. And to those of you who may be insecure, I say the same thing to you tonight, that if you will let Jesus impact your heart, if you will let the seed of the word of God dwell deep inside of you, there will be a shift where you realize that there is security in Christ. And that all those other things are rubbish. Think about our article again. People becoming so fed up with their look that they want to have surgery to look like an image that they'll never really attain. They look and see what God has created and say it's not enough. This isn't what I want. Can I inject something before I close here? Insecurity always seeks self. It never looks beyond anything. It always looks at what I am not. What I don't have, what I lack. And I can feel some of you, so I'll put it in my notes. But what about when my spouse makes me feel this way? What happens when my spouse makes me feel insecure? What about that, preacher? I wrote that too, because I felt that's how it was going to come at me. What do I do then? Your spouse should not do anything to make you go into the zone of insecurity. I'll agree with you there, but that doesn't stop the fact that you should have conf- that you should have conf- it doesn't stop the fact that you should not have confidence in the flesh. It doesn't kill the fact that you should always resort to Christ and what He has said, regardless of what situation you may be in. Ultimately, what matters: what has God said about you? How does God feel about you? What does the word of God say concerning your life? And that's what you should trust in, and that's where you should put your hope in, even if you're going through a situation where you're feeling insecure. It still doesn't stop that. It doesn't give you right to just go, well, I'm just going to live this way the rest of my life. No, you still need to hold on and grasp to God. Your confidence should be in Christ no matter what. Can you say amen? So then, of course, right? We have, so okay, how do I become secure? Okay, I hear you. All right, I see it, right? I see what you're saying. Fine. Okay, help me, preacher. I'm glad, no problem. Verse seven. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted for loss. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. How do you get to the road? How do you get off the road of insecurity to the road of security? Number one, I think Paul gives us some keys here. Number one, you have to have a mind change. Paul had a mindset, verse 7, but what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. In other words, he's saying Christ is my goal, Christ is my life, it is all about my Lord and Savior, and that's what's most important, to me, that I in everything I have Jesus, because what I considered gain, what I considered all is now gone and faded, because Christ is much more glorious than all those things I gained. You have to have a different mindset now. You have to look at life through the lens of Jesus and no longer look at the lens of what I don't have, what I've lost, what is wrong with me, what I don't have going on. Amen. You can't look at it no more. You have to have a mindset change. You have to know that in Christ is where purpose begins. In Christ is where value begins. See, it is in Christ, it is realized that I'm loved in the beloved. 1 John 4, 19, we love him, why? Because he first loved us. That he first, amen, portrayed his love on the cross. He first portrayed his love, amen, there, and because of that, we now love him. So you have to have a mindset change. Listen to me tonight. To, it is not necessarily going to be easy at times. And you can't always look for everybody to give you words that will help you keep that mindset. Because that's the problem in the first place. We're always looking to people to get things. And so what we have to do is, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to pray to you. I'm going after you, God. God. You have to get God's word in you. This is imperative that you read your Bible. Can you say amen? It is imperative that you read what God has said, amen, because it begins to break up those insecurities because we know we find security in Jesus. So first, got to have a renewed mind. Second thing is, you have to take on your new ID. Philippians 3.8. Oh, excuse me, three nine, and be found in him not having my own righteousness. In him speaks of new identification. In other words, I don't identify with the idea of this world. I am no longer am searching for something from other people. I will be found in Christ. He is my ID. He is who I show. Who are you? I'm in Christ. That's who I am. And whatever that means to be in Christ, that's what we are. It means we're a new creation. Can you shout shout amen? It means that we are new in heart and spirit. It means we have a new mind, amen. It means we are being redirected for God's purpose and his purpose alone. And that's what that ID says. You know, when I was, I had a, a while back, I had to go to a, Uh, When I worked in, excuse me, Virginia Beach for a time, I had to go to Indianapolis uh, for training. And I remember I drove, you know, I flew up there. They flew me out there and get the rental car and different things. And and, and so I had my badge, but I wasn't thinking about bring. I had my badge on me, but it was just on me. And so I go to the place and, like, who are you? You ever find that's a hard question to ask when you're trying to get in? You're like, who are you? like, Andre? Andre? I'm like, should I say I'm the worker of here? Should I say this? What should... I said, I'm Andre. They're like, Andre who? i was like, Brooks, where are you from? Virginia. Where's your ID? Should I show them my license? They're like, no, your badge. Badge. So I'm like, my badge. Wait a minute, wait. Be right back. Go to the glove box, get my badge. Ha! Yeah, I work here. There's a confidence. No, let me in. I'm for this company. I'm supposed to be here, and I have access to whatever is on the other side of that door. See, when you have a new identity in Christ, it's the same thing. It's like, no, 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 no. I have ID in Christ now. I can be free. I don't have to be in bondage. I have access to the power of the king. The king is my father now. I no longer depend on my flesh. I realize what I am in Christ, Psalms 139, verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. That my soul, everything, my being knows that, God, this is how you've made me. And because you did it, amen, I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. And this is my ID in you, that the way you made me is the way you made me. And I don't have to seek to change it. I don't have to seek to try to get some filters on my face. I don't need all of that. That's why I don't like makeup. Now, let, now, let, wait, 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 hold on, because I could, Please wait, wait, before you try to excommunicate me out the church. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not, and I'm not saying just because you do it you're insecure. I'm not saying that either. But there are cases that people will do things because of the insecurity. Like, I've seen people paint their face. Like, literally, like they got paintbrushes in the sink. You ever seen those? Like, my sister had paintbrushes. I'm paintbrush. And I would, she would come out, she would look one way. She'd come out, and I'm ready. Like, excuse me, I'm looking for my sister. I didn't know. Yeah. I, oh, how's your skin so smooth now? How did you do? But what it was, listen to me. But she couldn't leave without put. it didn't matter what it was, going to 7-Eleven, going to the store, going to, it didn't matter, she, I, no, 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 let me just put my face on. So all I'm saying is, listen, it's not, amen, that you're insecure because you wear makeup, that's not what I'm saying at all. But you better make sure you check it, though, and make sure that makeup doesn't become your everything. And that's anything, makeup, it could be, you know, designer shoes. I mean, we can go on and on about different things you do to try to make you you. You've made it realize that, you know what, my ID is in Christ, not how I look, not the kind of clothes I wear, not, the, not my fashion statements. My ID is in my Savior. That's where, that's where it starts at. So please, ladies, I'm not saying you can't look beautiful, okay? I'm not. You can do what you want, but men wear makeup too. You ever seen Kurt Franklin? make up (laughs) your ID is in Christ now that's what breaks insecurity this is who I this is my ID in Jesus in Jesus thirdly Philippians 310 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection it is not to know Jesus like we all know Michael Jordan I mean, everybody here knows who Michael Jordan is, but you ain't never been to his house. He don't call you. You're not texting back and forth. You're not going out to eat. You know, hey, Mike, you don't call him Mike to his face. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Where you at? You know, I'm over here. i meet you. Oh, yeah, we meet. We don't do that. Can you say, me? we all know who he is, but we don't know him. And a lot of times we see this in the in, inside of churches that a lot of people know who Jesus is, but they don't actually know him. In other words, it's a personal thing. Listen to me, you have to have a personal relationship as you would have with your mother, your brother, your spouse, whatever. A closeness there. In order to break insecurity, you first have to know the one that brings security. You have to know him. See, it must be Christ has renewed your heart and mind, and then the word of God That seed must be planted in your heart so that you can be able to know him. Paul says, I know him, and not only do I know him, but I know the power of his resurrection. That resurrection can change lives. Can you say amen? It changes hearts. It changes attitudes. It changes everything about us. And this is what Paul is getting at. I know him, and I know his power, and hence I have confidence in him. Do you know God's power? The power that can make dead things come to life? Do you remember Lazarus? Do you know that He can make the dead things of your life come to life? Amen. That He can resurrect those things that you thought were over and dead, that it was done, it's over, this is, my, this is it, this is how I think, this is my brain, this is my heart. Did you know that that resurrection power amen, can bring those things to life again? Do you know His power? See, you must know who Jesus is and live for him. When I know Christ, amen, it is there that I'm secure because I know what he can do. Do you remember the winds and the waves? Do you remember him being in the boat and everybody else is freaking out, but yet Jesus is in the boat chilling, sleeping, knocked out, and everybody else is like, get the buckets. It's over. We're going to die. Last resort. Tell Jesus, hey, we're going to die. And I always feel like he just looked and was like, you gonna? I had 10 more minutes. You know how that, you know, you got I got 10, you're going to wait, I got 10 minutes. But he goes, oh, gets up there, stop. Everything stops. That, that's the God I serve. That in the middle of my panic, he can make things calm. That, that that's that that's who I'm talking about. When I know that I can have security when I'm going through it. Somebody say amen. amen. That when I know that he can calm things, when I know that he can be have that I can still have peace in the midst of storms, that when I know that I become secure. When I have that working in my life. When you know God, you know he can do the impossible. When you know God, he know that he can do things that only he can do. <laughs> Some of you, your family members are saved. How many know, knowing your crazy family members, knowing my crazy family members, it was only God? He can do the impossible. He can make things happen. Can you say amen? When you know that, you have security. When you know that He's able to heal your emotional pain. When He's able to heal those emotional scars that you may have. How many know, it is there that I find solace, it is there that I find security. Because everybody else has tried. You've gone to all the psychiatrists. You've gone to all the doctors. They couldn't do nothing but one touch of Jesus. And all of a sudden, you find yourself healed. You find yourself upright again. You find yourself in your right mind. And that, if nothing else, should bring you security. The fact that he saved you, amen, that you came to an altar. You repented on that altar. And all of a sudden, you woke up brand new, amen, different mindset, different heart. It is there that I find security. Because if he can change me, if he can help this heart, who knows what else he can do? Are you secure in Christ? In Christ. Because that's the only thing that's going to bring security. Church, you're not, listen to me, listen to me. And I say this with everything in my heart. You are not going to find it anywhere else. Some of you think, as long as I get married, I'll be secure. You're wrong. Some of you think the minute I find a wife, I'm going to be more secure. You're wrong. You're going to be even more insecure because you're going to be thinking, everybody looking at your wife. And she come home late. where you been at? Where you at? Where you been? Where you going? Where you doing? Because of that insecurity and vice versa. It's going to make you even more insecure. You first have to be secure in Jesus, and it is there that it begins to play out into the rest of your life. And I'm encouraging you. I don't know who is and who isn't tonight, but one thing I do know, that there's a God waiting for us to repent to There's a God waiting for us to lay down that insecurity and pick him up as security. And I would encourage you tonight, don't leave this place insecure any longer. Don't leave this place trying to put confidence in the flesh any longer. We are to put our confidence in Christ and him alone tonight, tonight. Let Jesus touch you tonight. Let him touch that area that you don't want to talk about. Let him touch that insecurity that dwells deep inside the heart that nobody else sees but affects you every day. Let's bow our heads before the Lord.